when I say the words, USC isn't tough enough. How does that make you feel? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free, and I really do appreciate your support. If you want to become a free subscriber on YouTube, it's really easy. Just hit that red subscribe button, and then also don't forget to hit that thumbs up, fight that like button. Both mean a whole heck of a lot to the show. And because Locked On USC comes at you Monday through Friday, hit that bell notification button. You will not miss an episode. Speaking of, this episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com forward slash Locked On College. And when you enter a promo code, Locked On College, they're going to send you a free custom Bird Dog Yeti style tumbler with every single order. So I asked the question. I, I actually made a statement. Is USC going to be tough enough in 2023 to win the tougher schedule, win tougher games in, against a much tough, tougher schedule than what they had last year? Uh, when you when you look back at how USC performed last season, you know offense again not the issue. Everyone kind of likes to point the finger at the defense, even though there's, what, three, if you use your thumb, four fingers pointing right back at you. Um, it might have been a little bit deeper than that. So, I mean, last year's USC team showed enough intestinal fortitude to win on the road up in Corvallis, and they did everything possible with the bodies that were healthy uh, to finish the game in Utah, but they lost that game. And against UCLA, uh, the defense showed everyone why they were the most opportunistic unit in the country. But by that time, by the end of the season, you know that that crack in the armor, that little that, that little chink, um, that had turned into like a really big gaping hole. Everyone knew what USC's issue was. So when the wheels came off the bus in Las Vegas. USC's second loss of the season. And then their mental toughness kind of took a knockout punch uh, in Dallas against Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. The question becomes now, for those players that are returning from last season, uh, will those experiences uh, help them? You know, I, I would hope that those losses and the, you know, that pain that was involved, uh, that, that at least lingers up until the Utah game. Because that's, I think, when we're going to find out uh, how tough this USC team is. So, in other words, what happens in 2023 if the offense decides to go through some spurts where they just can't get out of its own way? You know, it happens. you got to give credit to the other team. They're going to, you know, put forth an effort. Um <laughs> uh, Will USC's defense be able to, to carry the team until Caleb Williams and the offense can get things figured out? I, I think everyone, for the most part, 
agrees and anticipates USC is going to score points. And a lot of points. I mean, by the time they're done with San Jose State, Nevada, and Stanford, their first three games, the Trojans literally could have already put up at least 150-plus points uh, on their road, I would think, now to setting a new USC record for points scored in the season. I went back. I, I thought um, last year might have been there, but no, it wasn't even close. Last year, USC scored 579 points. Remember, back in 2005, the team that had Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, Lendale White, Ed Al, um, that team rolled up 638 points, 49 points per game. So will USC's defense in year two, um, because it's now deeper uh, across the board too, how will they react when, you know, USC has those three and outs on offense? Um, you know, it's going to happen. Anticipated happening in South Bend. It's going to happen in Eugene. This is that second half of the season when the schedule gets really, well, I shouldn't say really. It's going to be much tougher than the first half of the season. And when you compare it to last year's schedule, much tougher. I, I mean, I can... Go back. I think I can think back to last year up in Corvallis, and I, you know, watching Caleb kind of hanging by himself uh, when he struggled. Um, but then he would eventually, you know, he started to kind of rally, you know, get back with everybody, rally the troops. Same thing kind of happened when against Washington State. Um, it, there was just that that feeling like, all right, Caleb's kind of trying to find where he is right now. Um, you know, Eric Gentry last year, he did his best uh, acting like a, you know, a, a one-legged man in a butt-kicking contest when USC uh, had that game in Utah. So is this team, is this Trojan team, are they better equipped to win a grind-out slugfest? You know, Against the Oregon States and the Washington States, that USC was good enough in 2022. But they don't play either one of those programs this season. Uh, and the two Northwest schools that they do play, they have they have better rosters, you know, at least on paper. And they have two of the better quarterbacks in the conference. And I'm going to talk about those guys in the next segment. So we know how the... 2022 roster came together for USC. And so even though there was that infusion of um, transfer portal talent, there, there wasn't enough. So do the additions of Anthony Lucas and Bear Alexander and, and Keon Bars and Jack Sullivan, do those guys bring that toughness factor? That's what I'm talking about, a deeper roster. Um, Mason Cobb, is, he's, is he another? Apologize for that ding in the background there. <laughs> that shouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, keep in mind, the, the 2023 offensive line, they have to, they have, to have that same butt-kicking attitude that the 2022 uh, offensive line had. And if you watch and listen to this show every day, and I thank you all of you everydayers who do, then you know um, how I feel about the offensive line room as of today. 
they have the right pieces. They just need to figure out the puzzle's picture, where to put those pieces. So toughness, it starts in the trenches and on defense. I know Caleb is going to have the offense mentally prepared. Is this team physically prepared and mentally prepared to win those slugfest types of games? Those games where things, when things aren't going according to plan, or, you know, are they going to experience what they experience? And, and I'll use the, the bowl game um, as our, as the picture to point to because of how the team ended up losing. I shouldn't have lost that game. All right, hey. I need you guys to check out bird dogs. Bird dogs are, hey, look, I'm wearing them. Let me see if you can see these things. Check these out. These are bird dogs. They are so comfortable. And they, they make you look good, too, when you're wearing them. Uh, did I? Uh, yeah, got the item. Yeah, um, when you look good, you feel good, and they have the Great khaki shorts. They also have pants, by the way. Uh, and I talked about how they look good. They give you a slimmer fit. So even if you've got those thick thighs, you play soccer, you're a football player, you're an athlete, uh, you're not going to feel like you're wearing tight shorts. They're going to give you that sculptured look. And they kind of do the same thing as a more popular brand name, Lulamon. Bird Dogs is going to replace them. And if you are looking for another reason not to wear Lululemon product, Bird Dogs is a perfect reason. They fit way better than regular shorts. They, they're not made of that stiff, restricting cotton. And they also use an anti-stink, anti-sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. And going into the summer, you want to have that cool, dry feeling. I mentioned they're super comfortable. Guys, down below, you want to feel super comfortable. You won't even know you're wearing shorts. You won't even need to wear underwear because they've got that built-in stretchy fabric that I was talking about. So go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and enter, pro enter your promo code locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler with every order. That's birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free Yeti style tumbler. You, you won't want to take these bird dogs off. We promise you. So Caleb Williams is the number one quarterback in the country. And that means he's also the number one quarterback in the Pac-12. <laughs> See how that works? But how would you rank the number two, three, four, and five quarterbacks in the country in the Pac-12? There was a Locked On Network poll asking the host this same question. Rank the top quarterbacks one through five. We actually answered a bunch of poll questions, and I'm going to show you the results of those uh, throughout the summer. We'll, we'll kind of spread it out. I got plenty of content for you. But here's the poll results for the top five quarterbacks in the Pac-12. We know Caleb Williams was number one. That was a no-brainer. Number two, Michael Penix Jr., University of Washington. Number three, Bo Nix, Oregon. Number four, 
the two-time Pac-12 champion, Cameron Rising, Utah Utes, and Jaden Delora got number five at Arizona. Do you agree with that order? Statistically, uh, when you look at the numbers, it, it's probably accurate. But when things are tight and you need a play from your quarterback to keep a drive going, you need to win that tough game that we talked about in the first segment. Um, which quarterback does USC not want to face? Let's just put it that way. I, I think Cam, Cameron Rising probably probably deserves to be number two, right? Um, based on what we saw last year alone. Now, Michael Penix Jr., he's got a couple of uh, NFL-caliber wide receivers that he gets to throw to on a weekly basis. That makes him a threat. Um, Bo Nix, he, he, he'll be, he's going to be playing at home. You know, as a 18-year college year, 18 year playing college quarterback, you should feel comfortable playing at home. Well, a third of that. He'll be a six-year college quarterback. You get my point. And then you got Jaden Delora, who has Caleb Williams types of skills with his arm and legs. Uh, I just don't know if he is the guy that USC fears the most. Until USC beats Utah, you've got to put Cameron Rising at number two at least in my book. Number three, because it's at home, I'll put Bo Nix. And then four and five, and USC plays these teams in Los Angeles, Michael Penix Jr. and then Jaden Delora. Jaden Delora is kind of a loose cannon. We know he had some issues up there uh, when he was at Washington State. That's why he transferred to Arizona. He seems to have gotten those things under control. Then again, you know, Dorian Singer is now a uh, USC Trojan. I believe it was he who got into a little scuttle with the uh, quarterback on the sideline last year. So, again, I'm not point. I, I'm not knocking Jay Delore. I'm just saying out of the top five. He was my number five as well. And again, he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Plays with, uh, I, I guess you would say he plays with a lot of passion. Hard on his sleeve. you got to be able to harness that type of energy, especially when you're the team leader, when you're the quarterback. Michael Penix, again, uh, we know he can spin it. <clears throat> we saw what he was capable of when he was doing this at Indiana, and Kalen DeBoer was his offensive coordinator. He's now his head coach at Washington, and they put up pretty good numbers last year. I anticipate them doing the same in year two. And then with Bo Nix at number three, again, playing at home, he's got a lot of experience. And you would assume, here's the issue, though. He's got a new offensive coordinator that he's got to, well, they got to break in together. Uh, his name is Will Stein, came over from University of Texas, um, San Antonio. They run one of those high, you know, up-tempo offenses. So we'll see. Again, Cam Rising, though, he displays that toughness. He's, and almost to his detriment, 
You know, he's, he gets hurt often. Um, if you remember last year when USC played, uh, Jordan Lockhart knocked his helmet off. He picked it up, went to the sideline, came back in. <clears throat> but he, uh, he, he plays quarterback with a linebacker mentality, and you've got to be able to kind of balance that out somehow. That's why uh, he's the type of quarterback that I, I think scares, at least maybe that's the wrong way to describe it. If you've got third and five, if he doesn't throw for the first down, he could run for it and he's willing to sacrifice his body. Um, that's the type of quarterback that typically gives USC problems. The mobile quarterback. And uh, you add in that, that physicality toughness factor, yeah, it's a whole other dimension. So what do you say? Give me some feedback. Who are your number two, three, four, and five quarterbacks in the conference? That was, that was the way the locked-on host voted. So uh, you got any arguments? Take it up with them. Or you can take it up with me. Leave me some feedback. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, as you can see on today's show, I'm going to go over a little bit of recruiting notes, odds, and end stuff. It's hump day, kind of the middle of the week. Not a lot going on, but there's a little bit that I can feed you, kind of keep your appetite satisfied until the next episode of Locked on USC. Five times a week. Thank you, everybody who watches. So coming out of this past official visit weekend, uh, I have told you how Kingston Viliamu Asa uh, was at a great time. USC hit it out of the park. Uh, he was humbled with the opportunity to meet Troy Palomalu. Well, as it turns out, and we knew it happened, uh, the safety from St. John Bosco, his teammate, Peyton Woodyard, he also had the opportunity uh, to meet Troy Palomalu. And um, let's not forget, he's, uh, he's currently committed to Georgia. So everybody's been waiting for him to say something. You know, how did the visit go? He spoke, and since he spoke, um, everyone's trying to do their own, you know, interpretation of the, you know, reading of the tea leaves. What did he mean? Uh, you can, you can check out uh, an interview that WeRSC.com did with Peyton, and you should check it out when you're done with making Lockdown USC your first listen, because we've got that subscription special going right now. Take advantage of it, $49.99 for an entire year. That's half off. So this is what Peyton had to say. Thank you, USC football, for welcoming my family and I this weekend. I am humbled and grateful. We had a great time with you all. Can't thank you enough. Meeting and having breakfast with the all-time great Troy Palomalu was something I will always remember. Appreciate you all. And he also added, you know, Troy Palomalo does not normally meet with players, and it made me and my family feel very special. It meant a lot to me that Coach Riley set that up. Uh, he was able to provide invaluable information about being great on and off the field. Man, he is so genuine and real. 
He's a great man. It was an honor to sit next to him and just listen and soak up everything that he was sharing. So if you watched yesterday's episode, uh, I told you about uh, him and Kingston, their, uh, their time together. And then I mentioned that video of Troy Palomalu on the, um, on the podcast with Brian McFadden and Patrick Peterson. Go check out yesterday's episode. You'll understand. Great stuff. This is Peyton reinforcing what I was telling everybody about on this uh, Unlocked on USC. So it's great to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And again, now fans are trying to kind of decipher, you know, his thank you. Um, because it wasn't all ooey, gooey, gushy. Uh, like, ooh, I'm ready to commit. You know, how... He, in other words, fans are comparing it to the first official visit weekend that, again, yielded, what, five, six public commitments? You only had two. And this was more... This, these two guys... Um, remember, USC wasn't the favorite going in. They've been working and building that relationship and establishing themselves and opening their eyes. They have their attention now. Now they just, you know, they have some tough decisions to make. You know, Peyton, again, he's, he's committed to Georgia. He's got to be, he's got to be very careful what he says publicly. He's got to temper that enthusiasm, especially if he's considering flipping. You know, he's the type of guy who might want to tell the Georgia coaching staff, hey, thanks for everything. However, You know, and you know he still has another official visit on the books to go to Ohio State. He's got he he's going about it the right way. Other stuff that I'm I'm being able to uh, kind of bring up to date with you this week. I'm gonna be going to the Elite Eleven Finals. They are in LA, and I'm gonna be there. There's actually 20 guys competing. It's no longer the Elite 11. It hasn't been for quite a while. So 20 guys competing for the best quarterback in the 2024 class. 18 of these guys who are going to be competing are already committed to other programs. The two who are not, one is from California, Elijah Brown, modern day. The other, Trevor, his name is Trevor Jackson. He's from Florida. Now, Here's an interesting note. Uh, out of these 20 quarterbacks who are competing, Georgia has two commitments. And Dylan Rayola actually committed after Ryan Polisi, who's also a four-star. So here's the question. Can Kirby hang on to Ryan? Or is he there until signing day? I'm not saying I'm hearing anything. Don't don't run him. Don't. Don't go, oh my God, Mark on Lockdown USC is, is hint. I'm making a suggestion. It's really rare to bring in two top-tier quarterbacks in the same class. That's why I'm asking the question. Uh, something else that was kind of odd, only two quarterbacks from the state of California made the cut in the Elite eleven. Uh, one of them, Julian Sayan, who is committed to Alabama. And then I mentioned Elijah Brown, who's uncommitted, but most assume is going to choose Stanford when everything is all said and done. 
Now, uh, besides Elite 11, what else is going on this week? Oh, well, how about uh, the OT7 finals? It's a seven-on-seven -seven event. And because that event is going on uh, in LA, that means teams from all over the country are going to be flying in. And because, again, the tournament is in Los Angeles, uh, there's a rule that allows teams to stop by campuses and kind of take tours and speak with recruiters. And it's a way to fit in an unofficial visit. Well, one of the top teams in the country that, that uh, likes to do the seven-on-seven -seven circuit, South Florida Express. And they're going to be stopping by USC. Someone asked in the comments section on uh, the, my YouTube channel for Locked On um, about a rumor with regards to 2024 five-star wide receiver Jeremiah Smith. He's a commit to Ohio State. There's like, hey, is he going to be taking a visit to USC? Well, yeah, because he plays for the South Florida Express team. So he'll be hearing from those USC recruiters. So, yeah, it seems like it's been a little bit of a slow week this week compared to last week, uh, compared to commitments, only because we haven't had any yet. But uh, they're coming. I'm just kind of a trust. There's a new prediction up from Marshall Levinson over there on WeRSC.com, Walter Matthews. I spoke about that on yesterday's episode. Go check it out. So yeah, sometimes you get the news here first. I'm telling you, you might hear a commitment from Walter Matthews because he made an interesting statement with Marshall Levinson. He wants to commit with players he's, and I'm paraphrasing, with guys he's going to be playing with or players he knows. Head on over to wearc.com and you'll get the, the, the context of that. But USC's feeling really good. Marshall Levinson, his confidence uh, factor, 75%. So there you go. That is another episode of Locked on USC in the books. Kind of scattered a little bit all over here and there. But again, off season, hump week, not a lot going on but I got stuff for you all the time. Now, until that next episode of Locked on USC, once again, thank you to all of those everyday listeners. Appreciate you. Tell a friend. Let's, let's pump up the volume over here. Let's, everybody, let, let's let everybody know when you want the best USC information and you want it in 30 minutes or less, Locked on USC is the place to go. So until that ne next episode, everyone, you know what to do.